Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. My name is Andy Dawson. My name is Sam Delaney. And there we are. And in this episode, we're looking back at the season best known to us all as 2005, 2006. Mm. We're probably at the halfway stage now, I think, of this season look yeah, back thing. Yeah, like, it feels less like nostalgia to me. We're, I feel like that this was the other yeah, day now. we're hurtling towards the end. Yeah. And then what are we going to do? I don't know. We'll look back on um, Formula One seasons. <laughs> is it a season? I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of period. Yeah. Anyway, 2005-2006. Uh, let's have a look at what happened in the build-up to the season. Chelsea had won the league the season before and they enhanced their squad with the signings of Michael Essien mm. and Sean Wright Phillips. Yeah, what, Michael Essien was a good player. I forgot about him. He was for a while then he went away. He went to go to Real Madrid afterwards. Maybe. Yes, he did. Yeah, why not? And what do we know about Sean Wright Phillips and his heart? Well, he's got a, he's got a heart bigger... He's got a heart as big as his body. And that's not big, but his heart's bigger. And that is presumably what Jose Mourinho saw in him. Yeah. When he heard that description of a, a young man with an extraordinary genetic makeup, uh, rather like one of the X-Men. Mm. Uh, when he heard of that, he thought, I have to have, or Abramovich or someone there, yeah. he thought, we have to have some of that. Even though he's just over five foot in height. He's got a, he's heart, got a... He's got a heart that is almost six foot in height. Yeah. <laughs> so... And that is something that we need in this football team. Keegan did himself there, didn't he? He Dude, basically just have admitted to it. stitched himself up. Yeah. That's probably why he quit. Because he quit the previous season. He left Man City. I've let myself down. I've, I've d- said I've, things I shouldn't have said. I've taken this club as far as I can go. And I've said too many things about Sean Wright Phillips' heart. Yeah. That means he won't be here any- anymore next season. I think perhaps I need to learn to when to keep my mouth shut and when to say things. And I think the Sean Wright Phillips incident uh, is testament to that. And for that reason, I am retiring from football <laughs> until such a time that some other mug offers me a job. <laughs> His autobiography's out soon. That might be a good side episode. Mate, to read I have that. pre-ordered the fuck up. Don't worry about that. Shall we do it? Shall we go through it? Have a yes. D- a deep dive into it when it comes deep out. Deep dive. I've, I've, um, special episode. I've, I've pre-ordered it on my Kindle. And I am yeah. every day I'm counting. I'm ticking off like a prisoner. <laughs> Like in the Shawshank Redemption, I'm ticking off a day when I wake up on the wall. The missus got- is furious. She's like, why have you got that rusty nail that you keep <laughs> etching marks into the wall on? I said, I'm counting the days till Double K's fucking book comes you out. You care. <laughs> you know this. You're this giving be- me a fucking blinder behind the eyes again now. <laughs> there should be a Kevin Keegan autobiography advent calendar counting down the days to publication each, each time you open the door there's it's a, a little incident from, from Keegan's career ah, yeah um, back to 2005 though Manchester United tried to bolster their squad by signing Edwin van der Sar mm. and Ji Sung Park 
So three people, interestingly, with long names, ostentatiously long names. Yeah. Edwin van der Sar, one, two, three, four words in his name, and that's not even with middle names. And Jason <laughs> Park, three. I'm just going to Google his middle names. Edwin van der Sar. Middle names. Uh, I'm just bear with me. He doesn't have any. Johan doesn't have any. Nothing. I think well, I'm not fucking surprised because if you've got that many syllables in your normal name, then you don't want to start over-egging it, do you? They probably realised that Van der Sar was enough of a mouthful, so they just didn't saddle him with a. Ferguson's gone to who would have been the chairman then? What was his name again? Uh, The one before Edward Woodward. Kenyon was it Peter Kenyon? No. The one after that, the one who was successful, more successful than Peter Kenyon. Fuck knows. Don't He's know. famous. He went on to the FA. Anyway, we need players with longer names. <laughs> These one-syllable fuckers. Paul Skulls. Roy Keane. Giggs. Ryan Giggs. Too short. That's three. What? But three is too many, is too few. We're not selling enough letters on the backs of shirts. We if there's one quadruple. thing, if there's one thing that's wrong with Manchester United as I see it right now, <laughs> it's the fact that we're not bringing enough of revenue in from the names on the backs of the shirts. We need longer names. It's a pound a letter. A pound. A pound a letter. So why on earth would you have players with such fucking short names? What is the point of Nicky Butt? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was right. And look what they did, both on and off the field, yep. in terms of shop club shop revenues and on-field silverware. I think he'd seen the the way the wind was blowing when they got Van Nistelrooy, and he saw yeah. the, uh, the 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 revenue quadruple it, overnight. It was the money earned from selling Van Nistelrooy letters that paid for oh, Edwin Van der Sar. So self-generating income. Yeah, it, it, it's a cycle, like all great yeah. businesses. You know, it's a it's what they call in business terms. A virtuous circle. Is it? Yes. Thanks for that. Or a circle jerk, if you will. Okay. Over at Liverpool, they were still a little bit behind the times because they assigned Peter Crouch. Yeah, weird. Uh, six letters. Mm. And who's going to buy a shirt with Crouch's name on the back anyway? God bless him, he's a lovely fella. Great pl- footballer, but... Great book, great footballer, great you, bloke. you just wouldn't go around in a Crouch shirt. Probably not, for not Halloween many people bought it, but, you know, he... When he first went to Liverpool, he didn't, he couldn't score, could he, for about the first fourteen games or something crazy? Yeah, he, he went for a massive goal drought. That's it. That's all I've got to say about that's, him. Well, uh, he couldn't score, and then he did score. I mean, <laughs> that really is the story of so many strikers, and um, people can drag that out, but effect- effectively, the story of these strikers, yeah. like you know, whoever you care to mention, is like he couldn't score, then he did score, or yeah. the reverse, the Torres. He did score and then, and then he, he didn't. Couldn't. Did you get this? Have you been on a deep dive down to the stats zone? I've been we? in the stats and I can you do it historically. Ian Rush could score. Went to Juventus, couldn't score. Yeah, came back to Liverpool. Scored. Recommenced the scoring. Mm. Luther Blissett, scored. Watford, scored. Went to AC Milan, didn't score. Went back to Watford, scored. scored. I'm seeing a pattern here. Seeing a pattern. And that's what will happen with strikers. Okay, good. Speaking of scorers, Michael Owen. Signed for Newcastle. Mm. Came back from Real Madrid where he couldn't score. Mm. Unless he did. I'm not sure if he did he or not. He did score. He just didn't get in the team match. But when he did, he scored. Uh, he signed for Newcastle for £16.5 million. It's still their record signing. Mm. I take no glory from that. <laughs> 16 and a half. Well, who's your fucking record signing? Oh, um, 
Didier and Dong who we yeah. just sucked last week it'll be like some fucking mad I knew I thought it's going to be some player with a weird name who's never done anything Didier who and you... Dong who we paid 13.5 million for yeah. who Madness. just a few days ago we sacked Madness. because he didn't come back for pre-season training so that's me with egg on my face yeah. um, just at the end of the previous season uh, Southampton were relegated unfortunately mm. and Rupert Law the chairman there uh, he decided to bring in Sir Clive Woodward, yeah, in order to try and you know rebuild the club. And uh, I've got a bit of footage from an interview with Rupert Law. Oh yeah, around the time just when they got Sir Clive Woodward in. What where he explained himself? Where he explained himself. Mm. Yeah, my efforts to turn Southampton into the world's first and only germ-free footballing entity will not be undimmed by my accidental recruitment of the filthy wretched Harry Redknapp. I was temporarily confused following the collapse of the Steve Wigley experiment, and my judgment became cloudy, cloudy like a rancid fog of bacteria. Although I am contractually obliged to retain Redknapp in my employment, I have taken measures to ensure he is permanently housed in an outbuilding where he can wallow in his own self-generated filth at his leisure. <sighs> to compensate for the dreaded Redknapp's necessary absence, I have recruited Sir Clive Woodward from the rugby. Although the rugby is a notoriously dirty, dirty sport, Woodward has garnered a reputation as a man of cleanliness and godliness. He assures me that my players will be hosed down with bleach both at half-time and at full-time on match days and their smooth, hairless bodies or vessels, as we're now referring to them as, will also be checked for ticks and parasites after prayers at the end of each training session. My long-term plan to turn Southampton into a germ-free, vacuum-sealed machine of purity and perfection remains very much on track. See how far we have come in just a calendar year since Paul Sturrock stalked the corridors of St Mary's with a Cornish pasty in one hand and a mug of cream in the other. Our destiny is our destiny. Rupert wow. And what was that off like? Um, that, Sol, like Solent Radio? Or that was off Sky Sports News. Sky he Sports did a press News. conference, wow. yeah. Just found that on YouTube. It was pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, it's on YouTube if you want to go and have a listen to it. And it took that, them yeah. years, actually, to claw their way back. They went down to the, the third level and they had to recruit Alan Pardew eventually. Yeah. yeah. I know this is outside of our remit. But at least well, at least he did get someone with the requisite handsomeness. That he was craving. Yeah. And look at them now. Flying. But Rupert Lowe's long gone. He is. God rest his soul. He's on the moon now. He is. This, this is it! Sunderland were back mm-hmm. in the Premier League after their 19-point relegation season a couple of years prior. And uh, they came back for some more under Mick McCarthy's stewardship. Uh, I remember the first day of that season, we played Charlton at home on the first game of the season and we mm. were in the pub, me and about four of my mates, so I used to go to the match with. And we were looking through, uh, the, I think it was the Guardian, had the, the lineups of all the teams that were playing mm. on that first day. And we were looking at it. And some of my mates were saying like, oh, yeah, I think we'll finish like 10th this season. We'll do all mm. right. Mm. And I said, fucking hell, lads, we're going down. Mm. Day one, and I'm not going to say if I was right or not until we get to the end of this episode. But we lost that match three-one against Charlton. Bad signs. And that stat doesn't board well, does it? 
West Ham won West Ham their first back game up. back, 3-1, if I remember right. We went 1-0 down against Blackburn Rovers. We've been gone for two years. You never know what it's going to be like. And who was the manager? Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew, lovely, who lovely Alan Pardew. up until that point was not a popular manager. Even after getting us promoted, West Ham were a bit like, hmm. We'd sort really? of, we'd stumbled up through the playoffs and right. uh, apart from in the playoffs where we did perform well. Because you finished sixth, didn't you? We and finished then... sixth and we it had been a poor season and we kind of just scra- scraped into sixth. But then we we did really well in the playoff semi-finals against Ipswich and then we got up, and but the jury was still a little bit out on him. And then in the first game, we were like, obviously everyone's thinking, we're going to go down because you usually do think that when you've first been promoted. Yeah. We'd recruited a lot of players and um, they all... We came out went 1-0 down early on against Blackburn. I was there at Upton Park and I thought, here we go. This is the start of one of these seasons <laughs> where we lose everything. And then suddenly the team just fucking out of nowhere. Teddy Sheringham, Matthew Everington, I think... Uh, Maybe Nigel Rio Coca. They all they all started scoring. They didn't stop all season. I and mean, we'll get on to how the season unfolded for West Ham. But it was um, it was a really it was one of the few happy memories of recent times oh, this year. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice to know. Um, yeah, Sunderland were back. West Ham went up, and Wigan Athletic mm. entered the Premier League for the first time. I think who also in impressed everyone and surprised everyone with their performances this season. They had Paul Jules. So of the three they? promoted teams, Sunderland were the only disappointments, really. Fucking hell, and what a disappointment! But we'll find out. Chelsea were the champions, um, the you know the reigning champions, and they won fifteen out of their first sixteen matches. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looked as though it was going to be one of those seasons where it was over before anybody got a chance to sort of get themselves into gear. Um, and it was quite a mundane season, I think, until early November when uh, Roy Keane left Manchester United a couple of weeks after what can only be described as an explosive interview on MUTV yeah. uh, in the wake of a 4-1 defeat at Middlesbrough. And he um, got stuck into some of the younger lads. He got stuck into Who the some... fuck do you think you are? Yeah. Who the fuck do they think they're, they're fucking kiddies? They're fucking kiddies. They're driving around their fucking Lamborghinis. They think they fucking made it. They think they're fucking big shot. They think they can step up to me, Roy Keane, and have a shot at the title. Tip but they fucking cast. I'll fucking tell them. Fucking step up then. I'm these, fucking ready. You see these belts? I, wo- I earned these belts. I won these belts. You want these belts? Come on then. Roy Keane's fucking waiting and ready. Here you go. Let me introduce you to my two friends here. Laurel and fucking Hardy. <laughs> I actually said about Rio Ferdinand, just because you're paid £120,000 a week and you play well for 20 minutes against Tottenham, you think you're a superstar. <laughs> you're not, you're a cunt. Take your fucking drug test, will you? Alan Smith, John O'Shea, Darren Fletcher, Kieran Richardson. There are fucking cunts. Little laddies. Little laddies they don't even belong at fucking Leeds. They're fucking babies. You send them off to that fucking prick, David O'Leary. And his fucking of, magic kingdom. Get and a lot of serum into them. And as for you, Fergie, you fucking idiot with your fucking racehorses. As he started getting stuck into that as well, didn't he? Did he? Oh, fucking yeah, he turned hell. on Fergie, whose big problem was with Carlos Quiros. They'd had a oh, falling yeah, yeah. out over a villa in Portugal. <laughs> Keenard. Yeah. Really? They went on a pre-season like, sort of oh, training they, camp yeah. in Portugal and 
Queeros had sorted it out. Yeah. I always find these things hilarious because I sort of think a club like Manchester United is like an international conglomerate. It's an industry, isn't it's it? It's huge, right? Yeah. And yet then you read these books and the way in which they do things is so small time. So they've gone, we need a pre-season training camp somewhere. Yeah. And Carlos Queiroz has literally gone to fucking Ferguson. Because Ferguson loved Queiroz. I mean, yeah. he fucking loved him. If you read any of Ferguson's books, he was his one. Because mm. he took him back. He fucked off to Montreal Madrid, failed, and Fergie took him straight back again. Yeah. Like, he just walked back into Old Trafford, yeah. which Keane was unhappy about as well, by the way. Loyalty! That's it. Loyalty! <laughs> You got some fucking front talking to me about loyalty. You're after out the fucking dart to the Burnabout Stadium. And the first fucking chance you got, you cunt. You come strolling back in here. <laughs> like you own the place. With your eyes. Your greedy Portuguese eyes on my fucking belts. <laughs> right. And he's gone. And so Quiros has gone. Eh, Dralix. I have a nice place in Portugal. I know a man who has I know a man is nice, nice food. Now, a little bit of... Uh, let me, let me, let just me. simple grilled fish, a little bit of salad. Let me tell you this. This is top secret. He has had the toilets reconstructed so as you can flush the toilet paper down the hole. Not in all the villas. You do not need to put it in the bin. But the villas, the, not all villas, but the luxury VIP I get for you and me, Sir Alex. We flush the toilet. Special dispensation. No paper for you. None of that. What you say? Uh, I get it, put Carlos. It sounds it sounds top notch. <laughs> if you're happy, I'm happy, Carlos. If it's good enough for you, Carlos, that's good enough for me. You're a great man, Carlos. You know that because you not only know your fit better, but you're a handsome man and you smell gorgeous. Don't listen to what Roy and the lads say behind your back. <laughs> You're my go-to man for international accommodation. So he's booked all these villas yeah. and Roy Keane's turned up and hes they've said you can bring your family. So Roy Keane's turned up with Mrs Keane and the wee Keanes. Yeah. And he says, I take one look at this fucking villa <laughs> and the fucking size of it was a joke. I'm Roy fucking Keane. I'm the heavyweight champion of the world and you think I'm going to fucking stay in this shithole? Ah, fine. I didn't want to cause a fuss. So I moved out and just booked somewhere else up the road. To tell you what it reminded me of, it reminded me of the fucking workshop in Bagpuss. <laughs> you couldn't even fit a little rag doll in there. You couldn't fit a rag doll. I tried a little a wooden woodpecker. I bought I bought some fucking saw. I kept expecting to see Professor fucking Yaffle stick his stupid fucking head out. Stop fucking lecturing me. Coming down off the shelf like he used to. Yeah. Full of fucking shit. I couldn't sleep. Giving it the fucking big one. I can't think I can hear his fucking voice echoing round my fucking brain. I'm waking up cheating the morning going, it's fucking Yaffo. Where is he? <laughs> Show yourself, you cunt. <laughs> I had to fucking get out of there. It wasn't good for my fucking brain. Anyway, that was the fucking source of all the trouble. Yeah. So he's turned on Queeros. <laughs> then he's turned Fergie's fucking stood up for Queeros. He's turned on Fergie's own. You can shut up with your fucking horses. Your fucking horses, fucking rocket, Gibraltar, threw us all under the fucking boat. And I would have as well, that thing about the speeding ticket. <laughs> Try to get over the speeding ticket by pretending you shit yourself. <laughs> Go fucking take stress. The, take the fucking points. Get yourself along to the speed awareness course. Like the rest <laughs> of us. It's a leveller. What the fuck's wrong with you? You sat there. Talking about shitting your pants. You're a knight of the realm. This is the club of fucking Bobby Chadden and Dennis Law. Of Gary fucking Bertels. Do you think Bertels would have shat his pants in the car? Or even fucking claimed it? No, they'd taken his fucking points. 
Creating Blackmore here that took his points. <laughs> I could sit here and name names all day. <laughs> did I take the points? Dennis Harwin did sit his pants. And they, no one even knew about it. He fucking turned himself in at the police station and taught them anyway. The Greenhoff brothers. Both of them wouldn't have shit the pants. <laughs> Get a grip. So that was him out and he went to Celtic. He did. Yeah. This, this is, is it. it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is it. Down the road at Portsmouth, Alan Peran, the mysterious enigmatic Alan Peran was sacked after just two wins in three months. And that opened the door for Harry Redknapp to leave Southampton, which I'm sure pleased everybody. Mm. Rupert Law will have been pleased. The, the filthy Redknapp was leaving. Uh, he rejoined Portsmouth. Uh, Into January, Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger both conceded the title to Chelsea, who were now 17 points ahead. Mm. Uh, but Ferguson sort of planned ahead for the season after by buying Nemanja Vidic and Patrice Evra. Uh, again, to wrong moves because both of them have quite short surnames village yes. five letters ever four letters well he was I mean he was thrown all over the place his judgement must have been not quite right after the Keane thing after the Keane thing because yeah. first he's decided on a very clear transfer strategy mm-hmm. extend the names of our signings yeah makes sense next thing you know the January transfer windows come around He's been discombobulated by the Roy Keane Farrago. Yeah. And suddenly he's gone the other extreme. He's gone, no, oh, Carlos, I'm telling you, we've Everything got to go back to short wrong. names. Everything I know is wrong. We must start again. Year zero. Tear everything up, Carlos. I've let you down. And it's you. It's you that I feel bad about. Because you have been there for me through thick and thin, apart from when you went to Real Madrid, right? <laughs> and, it, you know, even when that villa in Portugal, it turned out I did have to put my shitey paper in the bin. I knew that wasn't your fault, and I knew the guilt you would have carried with you. Yeah. The plumbers had let you down, and I knew. That's why I didn't say anything at the time. I just put the shitey paper aside, and I told Lady Cathy to just try and ignore the stench. I said Carlos would not have done this on purpose. And now... Because that would just be some kind of power play. And Carlos would never do a power play against me. loyal I man. know that, Carlos. Look <laughs> at me, Carlos. And Carlos, even when I found out when I went round to your villa and took a shake and realised that your villa did have flushing facilities, not for one moment did I think you had stitched me up and arranged it so I had the non-flushing toilet with the shitey paper in the bin and you had the luxury flushing toilet... <laughs> With B-Day. Um, 
because that would be a power play. That would that be a power not, play. It was just random. Punch. The villas were allocated randomly. You got lucky. I didn't. As an administrative error, anybody could do that the same thing. <laughs> we're okay, Carlos, me and you. We're okay. This, this is it. it. Alexander Gedamak invested in Portsmouth because Milan Mandaric ran out of money pretty much. And um, Harry Redknapp, one of his early signings when he came back was to buy Benjani from Auxerre in France for £4.1 million. Redknapp said at the time, I spoke to Arsene Wenger about him when we played Arsenal last week. What with him being French? And he said I should get straight on the plane and sign him. Actual quote there from Harry Redknapp. I spoke to him. What with him being French? So Wenger knows all the French players. And Wenger's words apparently were, Harry, you should get straight on the plane and sign him. <laughs> Which is obviously what he did. February! Graham Souness, Newcastle United. That tenure came to an end. He was sacked by Freddie Shepard after a 3-0 defeat to Manchester City. 17 months he'd been there. He'd seen some highs, he'd seen some lows. He'd seen Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer fighting on the pitch. Good. 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 This is what I want. Very good. Keep going, boys. Keep going. <laughs> no, don't stop just the name. There's it, still more left in the tank. Oh, he's, he's, he's totally shut there. He's shut his tongue. I like this. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sunus was sacked after a 3 0 defeat at Man City uh, by Freddie Shepard over the phone. Oh, <laughs> Freddie Shepard wasn't even fucking man enough to face Graham Sunus man to man, eye to eye, and sack him right. did it over the phone. Freddie Shepard just fired. We're sacking you. What? Who's this now? Bye. What are you saying? And he could hear Douglas Cole sneakering in the back. Is it him? Is it him? <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm eating some chicken guts out of my hand and my mouth is full. Have you got something to say? You see it. You see it now. This is Graham Sunus. You know who it is. <laughs> we're, we're, we're sacking you. We're sacking you. I'll, I'll, I'll beat you up. I'll come out and beat you up. You come and say that to my face. Why wouldn't you say it to my face? Because you'd beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fucking right, I would. Yeah, bye. You gotta, gonna, we're on holiday anyway. Bye. I'll put, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put Douglas on. I'll put Douglas on. He'll, he'll talk you through the admin. <laughs> Hello, hello, Grim. I like little tits. <laughs> I like little tits, and Freddie likes the big tits. <laughs> I'm sick to fucking death of hearing about your preferences when it comes to tats. Now, what about my compensation package? How much are you going to pay me to get out of your club? Because I'm in there now. <laughs> and I'm not fucking leaving. I could chain myself to my desk if I wanted to. There's nothing you could do about it, you I could shite. super glue my arm to a fucking floodlight and there's nothing you or your wee friend could do about it. I am prepared to starve to death. <laughs> Glued to a floodlight at St James's Park if it means I get what I want. <laughs> Graham Sunes went on hunger strike in St James's Park for three long months and actually even during the subsequent games, uh, yeah. fans had to witness the spectacle 
of their former manager, a former well, European player of the year, the ugly spectacle of him naked, and nobody no, quite no. knows why he did strip naked, super glued yeah. to one of St James's Park they, floodlights. They, they put a sheet over him during matches. Yeah, and, and he they was took just the there, sheet off quite calm. The rest of the time, you would occasionally see a puddle of urine, yeah, sort of emerging from from yeah. under the blanket. But other than that. He was happy as Larry, and until and in the end, they There's reached a, a compromise. Out of course, settlement. Yeah, and uh, they got along. The fireman came along with that stuff that gets super glue off. Yeah, and, and uh, he was he, he was happy. He cracked on. Uh, Glenn Roder took over as the caretaker manager. Yeah, that was weird. But uh, he'd been at West Ham, hadn't he? We've been through the Roder period at West Ham. Oh already. yeah, remember but his brain exploded. His brain exploded, and then he had to leave. Yeah, and um, but he didn't have enough coaching badges to be able to manage Newcastle oh, properly. No. He only had like 12 weeks worth of coaching tokens. <laughs> you know, you get off a packet of cereal, yeah. don't you? And you yeah, them. yeah, you have to buy a lot of Frosties. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Rudder had 12 weeks of coaching tokens uh, and it was 14 weeks of the season left. I can't coach. <laughs> but I I'm not going to let that hold me back. <laughs> I got enough tokens. I can do 12 weeks, but then I can't do any more. So you have to just look after yourselves for the last two I weeks. I ain't allowed to put the cones out on the pitch or nothing like that. It's against the rules. I can sit in the car and watch you from the car, <laughs> but that's all. <laughs> Didn't seem to harm them much. He did all right. Yeah, they stayed up, yeah. You know something that doesn't get spoken about much is Glenn Roder's friendship with Gaza and oh, the yeah. fact that when Lazio <clears throat> signed Gaza. They sort of did a contract, a non-playing contract for Glenn Roder as well. Did they? So he could go over there and just be Gaza's and mate. And look after Gaza. Yeah. And that you, I mean, Glenn Roder is a real kind of bland, boring... I mean, it goes back to what we said about Eddie Howe at times. It's sort of yeah. like you wouldn't want to get chatting to at your, at your bird's workmate's barbecue. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, Glenn's here. <laughs> Fucking Glenn. Oh, hello, Sam. Would you like a soul? No, I don't drink, Glenn. Well, nor do I, really. Just at weekends, mainly. Right. So, how's business? How's tricks? <sighs> Fuck off, Glenn. <laughs> like, and... Um, but I'm so between you can't... jobs at the moment. I, I, I ran out of coaching tokens at Newcastle. Mm. So, I was just saving some more up. Hopefully, I'll get another job somewhere else next season. Maybe Brentford somewhere. Uh, well, you don't <laughs> need as many tokens. Because <laughs> I don't really care so much about how good you are at the job there. Um, but Gaza, main person you'd want to have a barbecue with in the world. Definitely. Number uh, one. And uh, Followed so by Tony Soprano. Weird friendship. W- weird friendship, <laughs> innit? Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that because they were both at Newcastle together, weren't they? Mm, that must yeah. be it, yeah. Mm. There's a film to be written about that, I think. Yeah. Or one of them books like that one David Peace did about Brian Clough, which was yeah. full of... Glenn and Gaza. It was full of like real-life characters, but it was fictional. Well, yeah, weird somehow got away with it. stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's write that. We'll do that next. I go to the pitch, the pitch in the ground, the ground in the city, the city in the country, the country, the country, the country, my country, England, England, Britain, Europe, Europe, the continent that sits on the planet, the planet being Earth, Earth, Earth is in a universe. But where is the universe? Nobody knows. Anyway, I make a cup of tea. Put the cones out. Mm. <laughs> That's how David Peace. I'm not allowed to book. put the cones out. I haven't got enough tokens. Tokens. <laughs> Get them with the cereal packets. We've cereal. got to write that book or yeah. encourage David Peace to write the Glen Roder book. I'm sure about he's his a time in Italy. Gary Bertles, if you're listening and if you know David Peace, yeah. please give him a bell and get him to do that for us. This, this is it. In the March, um, Sunderland's season uh, just gone tits up from day one, as I predicted. Uh, Mick McCarthy was sacked in March. 
and uh, former midfield stalwart Kevin Ball, hard man, straight talking man. He took over till the end of the season. Uh, but it, 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 15 points, Sam. We got 15 fucking points that mm. season. Uh, we didn't win a home match until I think it was our penultimate one, which was against Fulham. We won that 2 1. And that was a, a replayed match because we originally played them in April and it was abandoned after 15 minutes. I remember going to that match. It was Easter weekend mm. in April. Uh, I walked across the Weymouth Bridge towards the stadium and the sun was blazing down. Yeah. This is fucking typical Sunderland, this. Quarter past three in the afternoon, there's a blizzard. Yeah. And they call the match off. We went from beautiful sunshine to a fucking blizzard in half an hour. Well, I blame um, the northeastern weather gods. Like the Nordic gods. Yeah. But you've got your own ones in the northeast, haven't yeah, you? Terry. Have. Yeah. Instead of like Thor and all the other ones, Aragon or yeah. whatever they're fucking called. Calgon. You've got Terry, Dave, <laughs> Calgon. And uh uh, we Graham Blizzard Snow yeah. <laughs> Snow from the heavens Down it comes Down and 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 down From the More sky snow. The sky in the air Up there Not not down Up It comes down But it's up But then it comes down Snow More snow <laughs> Yet more snow Copy blizzard, blizzard, paste blizzard. Copy paste Repeat For 4,000 pages <laughs> There you go Publisher <laughs> There we are And to add insult to injury we'd already been relegated Newcastle came to town and beat us 4-1 Alan Shearer scored a penalty to make it 2-1 but then he got hacked by Julio Arca and got taken off and it was his last ever moment as a footballer Alan Shearer getting injured at the Stadium of Light and we so how do you feel about that? I've, I was just fucking indifferent by that point because we were just we'd just been so humiliated throughout mm. the season it, it, I didn't get any pleasure from it yeah so there we are that was Sunderland down this is it into May towards the end of the season and Spurs were on the brink of a Champions League place it had been a good season for them under Martin Joll mm. all they had to do was equal or better Arsenal's result in the final day's match at West Ham yeah you'd think you know go there and pick up a win easy peasy easy peasy to secure that elusive Champions League place and to finish above the Arsenal which they hadn't done for about 63 years I think yeah um some of the Spurs team unfortunately succumbed to a virus mm. the night before uh, with players throwing up in the dressing room ahead of kickoff, and there was some kind of theory that it had been, been nobbled industrial uh, you say it's a theory but oh, amongst right. Spurs fans this is not is it? this is like you know the flat earthers yeah. who are like absolutely outraged mm. that you would query their suggestion the that the earth is people. flat yeah that's what every Spurs fan... I don't mean some. It's not like a little militant minority. Every single Spurs fan, if you even... Like now, all these years later, if you suggest for one moment, if you show even the faintest hint of a grin when you mention Lasagna Gate, <laughs> as if it was anything other than a complete stitch-up by Arsenal yeah. that West Ham may or may not have been complicit in. There yeah. is a little subsection of them that think West Ham sort of helped Arsenal. Right. But on on the whole, they just think, why would you even think anything else happened? We were playing for that final place Champions League. Both businesses relied on that. Their financial projections, yeah. their futures relied on it. Why on earth do you think that you know, Arsenal wouldn't have gone and someone, poisoned our lasagna in a hotel in the, the night kitchen before. in that Holiday Inn. Yeah, was the, uh, was Arsene Wenger in a pretend beard 
Perhaps it was like that film Ratatouille. Arsene Wenger disguised himself inside the hat of a chef, shrunk yeah. himself down. Yep, which he can do. Of course, because he's French. Yeah. Put himself into the hat of a chef. Yeah. And then pissed into the lasagna from atop the hat. Yeah. And uh, obviously piss full of um, a, um, a germs. Fr- a Frenchman's piss is a laxative. Is it? Mm. Well, no. Highly toxic laxative. Um, and if you ever are stung by a jellyfish, you have to get a Frenchman to piss in your mouth. <laughs> because that way you quickly um, expel all of the poison through your bum hole. <laughs> and Willie. <laughs> quick! It- quick! Allow me to urinate in your wife's mouth! <laughs> What the fuck? Eh? What do you think you're doing, Jean-Claude, you cheeky bastard? She must take my penis in her mouth and let me urinate, because if not, she may die from the sting. This sting is bad. It was when I was in Saint-Tropez and I was stung by a jellyfish. (laughs) That was when I decided that the germ-free lifestyle was the lifestyle for me going forwards. And from that day onwards, I would have a Frenchman, a young boy by the name of Pierre, urinate his cleansing piss down my throat every morning before I commenced my journey to St. Mary's. Fully cleansed, the day could begin. (laughs) So, Spurs were poisoned by tiny Arsene Wenger. And West Ham beat them, and that was very enjoyable. And Arsenal uh, got that Champions League place. They beat Wigan 4-2. With a win, uh, with that sorry, with a Thierry Henry hat trick, and it was also to add insult to injury the last league match at Highbury as well. Oh yeah, farewell to Highbury. Mm. They stole a Champions League place. <sighs> a Champions League place. It's not a fucking big reward, is it? You finish fourth in the league, and you're probably not going to get anywhere in the Champions League next season. Arsenal it's nothing were to be proud of, it. is it? It was all Arsenal were interested in. They lost the Champions League final that season as well, but it's we're not allowed to talk about. Yeah, but we're not allowed to talk about it though because it's Champions League. It's just not Premier League. No. We've said Lucky too much already. Lucky to talk about Southampton earlier because that wasn't yeah. Premier League either. Uh, so yeah, Spurs won that. Chelsea had won the league. We knew that they got ninety-one points. Manchester United second on eighty-three. Liverpool on eighty-two. Highest ever points tally for a third-place club. Put that in your stats zone. What? Who said that? What? Who? Liverpool eighty-two points. That's the highest ever really? points That's tally a for good a third-place stats zone. Take a deep dive and drop it in. Can you, do, you have to, do you have to deep dive down and actually place it in? Or can you, you don't drop always it in? have to dive deep. It depends what sort of stats it's you're a, looking that, for. That's a heavy stat, so you can yeah, just drop that's, that that's in. Yeah, that's deep. And it would sink In at naturally. the deep end. You'd have to go right down to the bottom, grab it. You'd have to have a lot of oxygen in the tank. It would be like in swimming lessons, you've got to wear your pyjamas and go do down remember and that get kid who drowned in Grange Hill? Danny Kendall. Did Danny Kendall... No, Danny Kendall Danny, died in a car, didn't he? Danny Kendall died, died a different of, way. There was someone else. something. Someone yeah. got their chain, their neck chain, thrown in the pool because people were... They were playing silly buggers. Yeah. They were acting the goat. And so someone jumped in. And I think what happened was that... And this is far-fetched. They got their foot caught in the grill, the ventilation grill on the bottom, yeah. which I don't think that would happen in a public pool. Someone would come down and save you. But this person, I mean, Grain Chill, fuck me. Some of the stuff that happened in it was chilling. Imagine that. Someone drowned in front of the whole class. Jeremy Irving. Is he that the guy? showing off, it says here. Yeah, well. Fucking hell. That's brutal, that, when you're a kid, isn't it? Watching another kid die yeah. just before you have your tea. Imagine Bullet Bats, sir. Well, just, he was showing off. Just before Bagpuss. And that's what happens. Just before Bagpuss comes on. <laughs> yeah. 
Honestly, I used to get so upset. I mean, I'll be honest. We all look back and laugh about Zamo's heroin addiction now because we act all tough about it and like it was funny. But I'll I'll fucking tell you the truth. When Roland discovered him on that toilet floor, right, and then they did something with the film where they made it actually go... Druggy. Druggy, yeah. They they made it sort of go like nuclear apocalyptic. This is what your head goes like if you're on drugs. Yeah. So don't do it. I'm Zamo, the bloke who plays him anyway on Grange Hill. I want to talk to you about heroin and what it does up here to your nut. (laughs) Every time you inject a bit of heroin, your brain melts a little bit (laughs) and that melted brain bit can never come back. It's like a candle in that sense. It comes out your ears in the form of wax. (laughs) Yeah, that's what the wax is. If you've got wax in your ears and you think you've never done heroin, think again. You You probably have, have, but you've forgotten about it because the heroin heroin. wiped your memory. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I practically, this is true, God's honest truth, I practically cried mm. with fear and confusion mm-hmm. and anxiety when that episode first aired. I shat it. No, yeah. not the drowning one, although that was the disturbing too. The heroin one and the drowning one were terrifying to me. Yeah. And uh, Phil Redman's got, and it might be, Phil Redman, ultimately, who's responsible for those dreams I have where I'm oh, shitting yeah. in public. You know what? There's probably a good argument that we could do one of those class action lawsuits against Phil Redmond mm. for childhood emotional trauma. If there's any listeners who want to get in on that action if, if with us, just get in touch on Twitter. If you're a bit fucked up in any way... It's probably Grange Hill's fault. Phil Redmond, get in touch with us and we'll, we'll get some money out of him. Yeah, and then Brookside as well. As if, that, as, as, as if he hadn't done enough damage, he waited for us to outgrow Grain Jill and then quickly sucked us into Brookside with all their fucking lesbians and kissing. And Damon Grant got stabbed. Yeah, in that he series. got killed. Sinbad was on heroin, or some fucker was. No, Jimmy, Jimmy Corkill. Yeah. Jimmy Corkill's on the skag. Someone gets stabbed. Oh, it was awful. Yeah, that's it. We're suing Phil Redmond, the fucker. Uh, what else happened? Uh, Alan Kerbishley left Charlton after 15 years wow. at the helm. It's mm. a long time, isn't it? They finished He'd taken them as season. far as he could. And he, he, he had. Mm. He had. And they never got any better afterwards. Never mind. Uh, Thierry Henry was the top scorer with 27 goals in the league. That is one more goal than Sunderland scored in that season. Fucking in hell. their entirety. Yeah. That's about it for 2005-2006. Uh, we always say goodbye to someone or something. And in this one, November 2005, at the age of 59, George Best left us. 59 when he 59. died? 59, yeah. Bloody hell. That's, that's, too, that's, not, that's no age, as well, they say. You know, 13 years ago, it seemed like that was quite old, but now that I'm 46... I know. That doesn't seem very exactly. old. Exactly. 59, it? I'm astonished. I would have put him at least in his mid-60s. 68 or something like that. 59. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that could be me and you <sighs> yeah. not long from now. Yeah. Makes you think, doesn't it? The frosty hand of death upon your shoulder. Oh, well. It's been a good innings, you know. Yeah. And when you're lovely and dead, you won't have to worry about mm. all of the bullshit, will oh, you? You'll just be all cosy in your coffin. And dead in heaven. Mm. You'll either be cosy in your coffin or all lovely and powdery in your little urn of ashes. Yeah. Something to look forward to, innit? Laughing to yourself about everyone else having to do shit. Yeah. Direct debits and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's been 2005-2006. Bye-bye.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.